Hey there, listeners. Thanks for stopping by to the podcast today. Please, before you're done listening to this episode, leave us a review. If you're on Spotify, you can review now, and you can also review on Apple Podcasts. But if there's any platforms that I'm forgetting about and you can leave us a review, please do so. If you're happening to watch us on YouTube, and if you don't know, you can watch these podcasts on YouTube now, uh, please like and subscribe to the channel and share the episode as well. So thanks for stopping by, everybody, and enjoy the episode. Knowledge is Power is where you come to hear people's life experiences to learn from. So, without further ado, let's roll the intro. Stay hungry, stay foolish. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I have a dream. Will one day live in a nation where they will Hello and welcome back to the Knowledge is Power podcast. This is your host, Max Willett, and we got another great guest on today. So if you could go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Juan Urena Jr. Uh, I work for Adrenaline Fundraising. Yeah, very cool. Well, you also said that you're a substitute teacher as well. Yes, so I'm yeah. also employed by West Warwick Public Schools. Okay. Uh, I'm the head coach of the West Warwick Wrestling uh, program, mm-hmm. and I'm also a day-to-day sub. Um, originally got my degree in health and physical education mm-hmm. with Very a cool. specialization in adaptive physical education. Well, kudos to you because <laughs> teaching is not easy. And uh, <laughs> kudos to those who do it or who have been doing it for years on end. My mom's been a teacher for almost thirty years. Well, yeah, teachers deserve the utmost utmost respect, and man, they deserve the world. That's for sure, and yeah. maybe a higher increase yeah. in wages. Yeah, yeah, uh, and luckily Rhode Island is one of the best states in terms of um, overall salary for teachers. But but then you know we could get into a little deep stuff, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Maybe later in the podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah. So why don't you talk about your life story, and then we'll get into adrenaline fundraising afterwards. Cool. So let's talk about your life story and how you got to this point of your life. Yeah, for sure. So. <clears throat> Um, I'm 25 years old right now. Uh, originally, I'm from Pennsylvania. I grew up there all my life till I was 16. Um, 16 years old, you know, normal kid. Played a lot of sports. Played baseball, basketball, football. You name it, I did it. I've wrestled. Um, my parents were split up, so I was always between Rhode Island and Pennsylvania. Um, but when I was 16, I had this uh, midlife crisis, I like to say, <laughs> where I was like, I want to I want to live in Rhode Island with my dad. So I made the big move from big old Pennsylvania where my school was about I was one of 1000 in my graduating class in your class In my class. It was like, like it was like a college campus. Oh, my God. I was one of 4000 kids in the entire like school. Wow. Yeah, It was massive to West Warwick, Rhode Island, where I was one of 1000 in the building. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that's like my high school. Yeah, <laughs> like in my uh, high school in Pennsylvania, like. You didn't know people in the, the grade existed. Like mm-hmm. you were like, "Who's that? I've never seen them before." And then everyone in West Warwick was like, "You know everyone." Couldn't imagine how big your proms were. Oh my gosh! Well, I never got to experience that. I was yeah. a freshman when yeah. I moved, so yeah. unfortunately, I'm sure they were a blast. Though yeah. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, it sounds like a, a massive party. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I made the I made the move to West Warwick when I was 16. I was a sophomore, um, and I basically, you know, I was the same thing. I played sports. I moved over here. Uh, midsummer, I want to say 2013, and I joined the football team right away. Didn't know a soul at West Warwick, um, but moved there, um, played football, won a state title that year, which was pretty awesome. Nice. I mean, that's the cool thing about moving from Pennsylvania to Rhode Island. You move from Pennsylvania where it's massive, mm-hmm. and the odds of you winning a state title are one in a million, but you move to Rhode Island, you're like, oh, I got a one in 12 chance to win the state title yeah. because there's only so many teams or yeah. programs in the state. Yep. Um, wrestled. I was a big wrestler. I loved wrestling. Obviously, Pennsylvania boys are a little different. So, uh, growing up wrestling all my life, um, wrestling came very natural in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of myself as a very solid, tough, athletic wrestler. Um, and then went to URI, studied physical education. I knew I wanted to be an educator my senior year. Uh, my stepmom and dad split up 
and I kind of found a pathway with the teacher where he helped me along the way. Okay. You know, he kind of, he made the difference yeah. that I saw that I wanted to make in someone's life when I Absolutely. was 17, 18 years old. Yeah. So that's why I think teachers deserve more than what they get credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, they have summers off, they have holidays off, but they still don't get enough credit for what they do. You know, teaching the the future of America, mm-hmm. I like to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Great life story. Um, you know, very interesting path, you know, that brought you into teaching. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear what was the, when you moved from Pennsylvania to Rhode Island, what was the biggest, like, was there any culture shock? It's not like it's a huge move. I mean, Pennsylvania isn't that far away. It's, it's funny you say that because when I first moved over here, everyone's like, are you from Amish country? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I'm nowhere near the Amish country. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm about two hours north of Philadelphia, five hours east of uh, Pittsburgh. So I grew up in the Pocono Mountains. I'm sure a lot of people ski there, snowboard mm-hmm. there. Um, it wasn't too much of a culture shock. It was just more so getting to know different people. Mm. Because, again, you go from knowing so many people to not knowing a soul. So you're yeah. like, it's almost like you're starting over as a new person and you're trying to figure out who you are. But I already knew who I was as a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Just kept trying to finding my friends and finding my path along the way yeah. at West Warwick High School. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about the Amish because my dad, I've talked about this before on the podcast, is from northern Maine. I got... Mount Todden up there, which is in Baxter State Park. Uh, if you're watching on video, you can probably see the, the image of the mountain, which is pretty great. Yeah, it looks um, awesome. That's an awesome yeah. shot. Yeah, well, that's another story is where I found that image. I found that at a yard sale, which was kind of funny. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, um, and there's a bunch of Amish up in northern Maine. They moved up there. Oh, and wow. Yeah, they're, they're not taking over, but there's a lot. I mean, if it makes sense, if the Amish are going to go anywhere, it would be probably northern Maine. That's what I would think, at least. The land is cheap. There's a lot of potato farmers up there, and uh, they build, like, there's, like, they have a really great reputation for sheds, obviously, if you've seen the Family Guy (laughs) episode. Yeah. They they build really good stuff. Uh, Personally, I mean, I've, like, met going to like the store you know what i mean and buying from them it's just it's just super not weird but it's they, just they give off a different type of uh, energy that's yeah. for sure a different aura super nice <laughs> all of them are very nice yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah just just interesting you know the, the amish into interesting way of life of course most of them are just born into it and they never know any different yeah that's it you know what i mean but uh never knew that i would be talking about the amish today but uh here we are um <laughs> but um yeah, so why don't we talk about adrenaline a little bit? Yeah, so it's actually think about it adrenaline. So my adrenaline, adren- my adrenaline yeah. is you know rushing. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I work for adrenaline fundraising. Mm-hmm. So I got into it. It's kind of weird how I got into it. Um, so obviously I went to school for physical education and mm-hmm. health education. I always wanted to be a um, PE teacher. Mm-hmm. So I graduated 2021 from URI, um, and then I immediately started subbing. Immediately, I loved it. Awesome. But it was during a weird time. It was during COVID. Mm. And again, I was going through student teaching during COVID. So I was, uh, I remember I was at Gladstone Elementary. That's in Cranston. I was student teaching over there. And I was working with uh, kindergarten through fifth grade. Now, how does someone teach a kindergarten student over Zoom? You don't. You don't. (laughs) But then you also have five kids in front of you. Yeah. Right. So it, it was just a difficult task to kind of maneuver. And while I was doing it, obviously, COVID was different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But me specifically, I feel like I didn't get really my hands on experience with uh, teaching when I was student teaching because it wasn't it wasn't real. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. my everyday life. So I did that. I was subbing. Um, and when I started subbing at West Warwick, it was still different. Masks were still a thing. Uh, protocols were still going on, you know six feet by six feet how do you teach pe with kids they're supposed to be engaging with one another it's not desk in the classroom it's not pens and pens uh pens and paper all that stuff it's you know hands-on activities throwing balls you know shooting baskets you know running straight lines you know tackling stuff like that just working on your everyday um you know activities um so it was different and i did it for a little bit um, I got a full-time job working, actually not even health and physical education. I was doing special education, um, and I loved it, but then they gave me the boot because I don't have my certification mm. in special education, so I found someone certified, and I just found myself having issues with me having a degree 
and waiting for someone who's 65 who doesn't want to be teaching anymore, just waiting to get their pension. But meanwhile, I'm 25 years old and I'm hungry waiting to get into the door. Mm. You know, I can't wait to teach. And, you know, since the pension got moved and all these uh, teachers have to wait. So I don't know if you know the pension in Rhode Island, but uh, your age plus your years teaching have to equal 100. So if you don't start till you're 25, let's say you're my age, um, this is my year, year one, and I teach for 30 years, that's 55 plus 30. I still have to wait until I'm 65 because I still have 15 years to go. Um, so a lot of the teachers at Westport Public Schools specifically are a little older. And I just feel like they don't have that hunger that I have. You know, I'm ready to teach lesson plans, unit plans, teach different kids different activities. And I feel like they just go over the same stuff every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had trouble with me being me wanting to get into the door and not having the opportunity. So then uh, I got hired to be the West Work uh, wrestling coach. I did that. And immediately I wanted to start fundraising because for the people who don't know that, uh, who don't know, West Work isn't the most affluent um, community. So I want to get back. And fundraising is one of the best ways. Um, I could have done my own car wash or something along those lines, but I wanted something where I knew I could get back, you know, something to my kids where a product. Um, so I met Sean, who's now my boss. Um, I used to fundraise for him when I was on the football team. Go figure. Uh, I met with Sean and he helped my, I want to say my team of 15 kids fundraise over Mm $6,000. And I was just like, how, how do you do this, Sean? Like, how, how does this work? It's just like, you just give them what they need. You give, and as long as the coach is held accountable, um, It'll work. And I remember we were joking around before when I first met him. He's like, hey, I'm hiring if you want a job. And I'm like, yeah, I'd never work for you, you know? Like, why would I do that? I have my teaching degree. Um, So then I'm working at the end of the year at West Warwick. Summer comes, and now I don't have a job. Like, And I'm not getting paid over the summer because I'm not a full-time teacher yeah. just yet, yep. you know? So I don't have the full-time benefits. If there's a week off, teachers I, – I don't get paid. The full-time teachers do. Um, So summer came – um, and I actually work at Coast Guard House for use uh, for the people who know it. I'm a server there, so I worked there over the summer. And school uh, school starts um, coming up, and I just remember I had this little moment in my head. I was like, I can't continue to sub every day, knowing there's going to be weeks off, days off, stuff like that along the lines. So I hit up Sean. I was like, Hey, Sean, I would love to talk with you about getting a job. Um, so basically, that happened. Uh, Sean hired me and essentially what I do is I just help organizations fundraise, mm-hmm. um, hitting their different financial goals. Uh, what we do different is it's nice. Um, cause you know, any program, any, any organization out there can go out there and, you know, fundraise, they can have their own car wash, they can have their own product sales, they can do that. But what my company offers that most companies don't is we know how to fundraise. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the equipment. We have a digital app that is fantastic. Um, it's game changing. Uh, we're all digital. You know, we live in a very digital world now. You can't continue to uh, fundraise like we're in the early 2000s because we're not there anymore. Everything's tech- technology, uh, technology, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you explain the process? So let's say I'm coaching a middle school baseball team and I say, Hey Juan, I want to help raise money for the team, you know, to support it. What would you say and how would the process work? Yeah. So essentially how it works is, uh, I would get a, I would reach out to the coach, say, Hey coach, are you interested in fundraising? He's like, yeah. Uh, next steps, you know, just figure out what kind of fundraising you've done in the past. You know, whether it's popcorn, cookies, you know, car washes, stuff like that. See how much you fundraise, right? Uh, See what you have done in the past with fundraising, like what numbers you want to reach. And then see how many kids are in your program and try try finding the best possible fundraiser for the organization. Mm -hmm. You know, some, some communities like getting something physical, you know, whether that's cookie dough. But some communities just like donating. You know, so we have a whole bunch of different platforms. Um, our way that we go about it is we reach out to the coach, we find out the numbers, and then we have a five-minute conversation on the phone, and then I meet up with you in person. Uh, and what that conversation looks like is, all right, let's reach the goal. How do we see? How do we see it? You know, I'm gonna be there along. I'm gonna be there every step of the way, 
that way I know that you guys are doing what you have to do. And that way that the fundraiser goes properly. Because again, you need to have someone held accountable when you're fundraising. Because if no one's doing their job, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so again, we, we find the best fitting fundraiser for the organization and then we run it. And how we run it is through our app. It's called Raise365. And the difference between other companies and us is our app is designed to make fundraising easier. So we store contacts in it. Um, we store contacts in the app. And what it does is sends out three reminders. Mm-hmm. It sends out a reminder an, uh, 24 hours after the fundraiser k- kicked off, six days after the fundraiser's kicked off, and 10 days. Because you can send uh, someone a fundraiser, hey, would you please donate? And they'll be like, yeah, I'll donate. But they're driving, right? And then you know, 10, uh, 10 minutes goes by and they forget, right? But if that reminder comes out, not really a way to forget. Mm-hmm. And if it does, okay. But then a, a six-day reminder comes off. And then the 10 days. So it kind of gives them more of incentive to donate. And it sends a very personalized message to them. It's not, hey, do- donate to my campaign. It's, hey, it's Juan Urena from West Warwick Wrestling. Can you please donate? That way we can get new mats. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can check how many links are being sent out from the student's profile. You know, there's a landing page specifically for each athlete. Mm-hmm. So if I had my own page, it'd be Juan Arena Jr. Uh, my fundraising goal is $600. And, you know, for every donation I get, my ticker goes up. So now I have $300 in my fundraising mm-hmm. profile and people can see how much closer I am to getting to my goal. Okay. So uh, is, is Adrenaline a nonprofit or are they a for-profit company? So it is a profit company. Okay. Um, we d- So... My, it, it's weird, right? Because it's a sales job, but it's not really a sales job. No, yeah, I understand. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. I'm not going out there. I'm not selling a product. I I guess I'm selling myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I can help organizations fundraise fifty percent more than what they've done in the past. You know, you can go out there run the car wash and you can make two thousand bucks, or you know, you can build your own specific merchant card because we do coupon cards, discount cards. Um, you guys can do that, but we have relationships. We've been doing this in Rhode Island for over 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not what the everyday person does. I specialize in this. I like to say this is, uh, like, this is my job. Like, I do fundraising. Yeah. You, you can't just go up to anyone and say, hey, can you kick off this fundraiser? Can you do X, Y, and Z? Because mm-hmm. you don't know how to get from A, B, C, and D all the way to X, Y, and Z. I do because I specialize in it. Mm-hmm. You know, or I like to say I'm, I'm good at it. Okay. So, like, does the company make money based off of, like, do they take a small percentage of the fundraising? So, think about it like this. So, I am a franchise of Adrenaline. Okay. Right? So, I pay Adrenaline to have their name. Understood. Okay. Okay. So, I am a fundraising uh, rep for Mm -hmm. Adrenaline Fundraiser. Okay. So, they don't get a chunk of anything that I fundraise, Mm -hmm. essentially, but I give them X amount at the end of the year understood um so i am a franchise of adrenaline that's the best way to no yeah i just i was just curious how that how that works yeah yeah when i when i first got into it i was like so sean how does this work i'm confused like Mm -hmm. is there a higher up he's like no you are the boss Mm -hmm. he's like i'm boss technically but you run your own business if you want to go out there and you very similar to real estate correct yeah Yeah. so you wake up when you want to you make your own schedule you want to work on a saturday sunday you do it if Mm -hmm. you don't want to you're not going to have anyone uh yell at you but also, there's business that has to be made out there. So if you yes. want to go get it, you'll go get it. So what do you do for coaches or programs that have no history of fundraising? If it's a school team, you know what I mean? Like a baseball team that has no history of fundraising. Yeah. So, I mean, it just depends on what they want to make. You know, it, profits are a big thing in fundraising. We want to get new uniforms and it costs two thousand dollars yeah so i mean most simple fundraiser that we have is the donation platform okay right so you send out your link hey it's Juan arena from west warwick wrestling we'd love to get new uniforms please try donating to or please uh support us by donating to our fundraiser mm-hmm. you know someone throws a hundred dollars towards it 125 150 you know if they want to do 15 dollars, you know that's our way of getting there mm-hmm. um and we've seen we've seen numbers grow tremendously with our app because everything back in the day was going door to door mm-hmm. you know hey would you be interested in donating to back our program <laughs> you know going yeah literally six seven years ago yeah. how time flies yeah. right but 
everything's digital now. So mm-hmm. if you want a supporter from California and you have their phone number, that's it's as simple as texting that number and they'll donate. Mm-hmm. That's the best part about our Race 365 app is it's no longer door to door. It still can be because we do have a QR code where someone can scan it on their phone now and brings you right to the fundraising uh, landing page. But if you want to text someone from Hawaii or, you know, another country, it's possible to do so. Mm-hmm. And it's, like I said, it's game changing. I can't, I can't, um, I can't express how much, how much value the app has because you almost need to like use it yourself. Yeah. What would you say has been the most successful way of fundraising for our organizations? Most successful way of fundraising? Yeah. So like, is it the donation platform or is it something else? So it it all differentiates. It's all different with every program. Mm -hmm. It depends, you know. So I recently ran a fundraiser with West Warwick uh, and Cumberland Music programs, Mm -hmm. you know, and one I did a a calendar raffle. So Mm -hmm. the calendar raffle for for Cumberland Music, they used to do one back in the day. And I think the most they fundraised was Mm -hmm. $6,000 after gifts and everything. We just did it on our on our app. Um, and they just, it was the first time running it with adrenaline. They fundraised over, uh, I want to say $10,500. Okay. Wow. You know? Yeah. So it was like, they made a $4,000 profit and what they usually made. And it's like, wow. Like mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this makes a huge difference. But then West Warwick, uh, West Warwick, um, music department, I ran a fundraiser with them. It was just cookie doughs and donation. They fundraised over $20,000. Wow. And it's just due to the fact that our technology is different. Yeah. You know, had, Cumberland had 50, uh, 50 more kids in the program. They probably would have fundraised $10,000 more, but it all differentiates between how big the program is, what they're fundraising. But typically you'll see the biggest or the largest amount, uh, largest number would probably be donation platform because people are more inclined to donate. Yeah. You know, that yeah. way. Understood. Yeah. So it, really, really interesting platform and process you have going on. Um, so obviously everybody has social media already, right? Everybody has a Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, and a lot of people have a large amount of followers or they follow a lot of people. Um, and obviously you guys have the app, right? So yep. would you say, I mean, the main benefit of the app is just it's all encompassing. It's all in one place instead of having to access all these different social media accounts and sharing like a PayPal account, it's all in the app. You can put the contacts in and it contacts those people through the app. Is Correct. That what you're saying? Yeah. So essentially, yeah. So think about it like, you know, you can, everyone can start a GoFundMe, but then they have to share it mm-hmm. one by one. You know, they need to send it to different people it, through the through raise your 65 app. It's designed from the app to send a message from the app. Mm-hmm. And it's a personalized number with, it's your own number, personalized message. Mm-hmm. So think about it. You download the Race 365 app, and now Max has his own account, and it's going to send from his number. And okay. all it all it takes is a tap of a button because right. you upload and store the contacts in there. And now all you have to do is click the SMS button, and it sends out a message. So, so it would be like um, if I'm a player on a team, right, and the coach decides to use this, use you for fundraising, I get my own link. Yep. And I can, or account and share that to all these different people. And then, so do the con- contacts get like imported into the app? Correct. Yeah. So now they're, they're imported into the app. And the cool thing about that is, let's say you're a freshman. So a little mm-hmm. Max from Cherahoe is fundraising for his baseball team as a freshman. And now he imports 25 contacts from his cell phone into the app. Right. Now, sophomore year, Max is a little older. Eh, he might not want to do it, but he download he he reinstalls the app that he deleted, and now the twenty four contacts from the year previous is still on the app. Mm-hmm. So Max doesn't have to fundraise as much as he did previously. Yeah. Now he all he has to do is tap the button, SMS, and now twenty five contacts are being sent out. You know what I'm also thinking? This is a great way for kids to learn. I mean, business. Yeah. 100%. Right. It's, if they get their own link and they're telling people to go fundraise, help raise money for a team like that's not only you know helping out your team but you're learning how to market how to run your own tiny little business essentially 1000 percent. when i was i i took big you know i when i was in high school we used to sell um for the football team we used to do coupon cards you know discount cards to different merchants in the local area and i took 
you know, I made sure that I was one of the top fundraisers because yeah. I always wanted to, you know, who who doesn't strive to be the best they can? And I always wanted to be one of the top fundraisers because, hey, I'm the guy who sold the most on the team. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's bragging rights in itself. And then the cool thing also is my company also also offers incentives, mm. right? So I'll give you 25 coupon books, right? You sell 10 of them, here's this nice jacket, mm-hmm. right? All right, I want that jacket. Now go sell 10 of them, right? Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is the company pays for it. So we'll split the cost 50-50 with the head coach. Mm-hmm. So this jacket I'm wearing is also one of um, the sentences that we offer. It's a $40, $40 hitting jacket for baseball. I'll give the coach $20 towards it. He talk, takes off $20 off of the profit, and now the kid has a nice uh, West Fork hitting jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty, You sell 20 cards. Here's another incentive. Here's a nice baseball bat. you know. Mm-hmm. And then you sell 25. I'll give you five free cards. Mm-hmm. Here, hit that incentive, and now you're you're almost – you know, you're working towards getting things for yourself now. Yeah. Are there ways for local businesses to partner with a team through an app? So let's say one of the dads or the moms on the team has a business. Yep. And they want to write off something because you can write it off. If And obviously you can't write it off if it's not an incorporated business. If you're just donate, like if you're just buying t-shirts or stuff for the team like you can't write it off i guess technically because it's not going to a specific organization yep right so is there a way for for like businesses to partner with adrenaline to help out local teams yeah so my question we do partner with some um some local businesses Mm -hmm. um so the way that we partner with businesses is uh so our gear company Mm -hmm. we have a gear company specifically elmwood Okay. Um, Elmwood. So they great company. Yes. Yep. So Elmwood Sports, they do all our merch. Mm-hmm. So we're partnered with them. Yeah. So anything that we, you know, whether coaches want new uniforms, they want new uh, sh- shooting or hitting jackets, they'll design them. And then instead of us having to go through a third party, we know Elmwood, we know Matt, we know mm-hmm. the owners there. We'll go to them and they'll get us our gear. And that way it makes everything easier on our end. Um, and they take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we also go to local businesses where we're partnered with, you know, um, I'm partnered specifically with uh, his name's Jason. He has seven different businesses. He has unlimited uses in our coupon cards where people go to his restaurants and, you know, now he's getting business promotion where they go to his business, mm-hmm. they spend money and they get $5 off every time. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you go 10 times a year, you're spending over $50 each time you go. It's only 10% off the entire year. You made $450 and you only have $50 off. Yeah. You know? So the businesses do like the idea of partnering with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this new fundraiser. It's called Bang Cookies. Think like Crumble, right? You know, big, soft, organic cookie. Um, and they only work specifically with us mm-hmm. because um, our household name, Adrenaline Fundraising, and uh, our, our movement is pretty big. Yeah, you know, we're pretty recognized nationwide. You know, it's not just Rhode Island. It's not just Connecticut or Mass. You know, we're in Oklahoma. We're Texas. You name the state, we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so companies love partnering well with us. And yeah. Great. Is there anything that is coming to the company or what you're doing that's going to be like a big change? Or what are you guys going to be doing, you know? to improve your business or help fundraising even more? Is there anything coming in the near future? So I would say, so we just came back from a, uh, a business trip in Scottsdale, actually. The Raise 365 app just had a massive update. Uh, update. Mm-hmm. So the update was now we can see who the students are sharing with. You know, because okay. I can tell, I can tell you, Max, I can tell you, hey, share this with 25 guys, but mm-hmm. then you're just putting random one, two, three, four, five, six into the app. And you're sending the SMS Mm -hmm. prior to the update. You know, we just saw that you sent it out. Mm -hmm. We didn't see who you sent it out to. Now we can, we have the capability of seeing if it's a, a reliable, um, number that you sent to. Yeah. yeah. You know, because like I said, some kids are lazy. Some kids don't want to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and they'll, they'll go around the book as many times as they can. But now that we have the ability and the coaches do. So like the coaches are admins in the profiles so they can see, all right, Max isn't fundraising. Let me go talk to Max. Hey, Max, what's the issue? Mm-hmm. You know, and if there's a real issue, then we get it. But some kids are just being lazy. Some kids just don't want to fundraise, you know, stuff like that. So, again, we'll offer more incentive. Hey, well, why don't you do this? And, you know, then the, your team will get X amount. 
Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's get these jackets that everyone on the team wants, or let's get these matching basketball shoes that everyone wants on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference. Um, and yeah, so lately, over the last two three years, adrenaline has really progressed techni- with technology. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, door to door was the norm. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the norm anymore to shoot a text message. Yeah, uh, most of our competitors they do e- emails, but if you go to anybody's email inbox. I'm sure they they have a ton of emails that they don't, they see the headline. They're like, I'm not reading that, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, But odds are you open up your phone, all your text messages are closed for the most, for most people. Yeah. You know, but our competitors, they just send emails. Mm -hmm. We we thought, why, why do we continue sending emails? No one looks at emails. No one really wants to reply to an email. Mm -hmm. The text messages, I think you're 95% more inclined to reply to a text message than you are to an email. Yeah. Emails, an interesting subject. I mean, obviously being in real estate and having my own business, it's used a lot. Yeah. And it really depends, but I definitely think for what you're doing with fundraising, you're yeah. absolutely right. When it comes to text messages, it's you want it to be quick. You want it to, you want that you don't want the transaction to be drawn out. Yes. You know what I mean? With real estate there's a lot of things that go on. With yeah. with my three D printing company there's a lot of things that go on and it is easy to track, you know, things through email i actually have an email specifically for junk like when i when i sign up for something and i don't want to see it i just throw in my junk email i have like five emails now (laughs) (laughs) no literally so like more people are inclined to respond to text messages and like i said our app is super easy you click on the link Mm -hmm. you you put it into your cart and you check out and you pay for it from your phone Mm -hmm. most people have apple pay you know whether they have a debit card or a credit card on it yeah you you hit the side of it twice and now you're checked out and you donate it to the fundraiser. Yeah. It's as simple as that nowadays. Yep. You know, before it was all cash and checks. And then at the end of the fundraiser, the coach and the fundraising coach would have to get together and count the money, you know, a hundred mm-hmm. times. And then, mm-hmm. all right, now I need to go to deposit this into account and write you a check. Yeah. The cool thing about us is it's all right there. And after the fundraiser is done, mm-hmm. we'll write you a check within 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Most of our competitors, you know, they take months. You know, two to four weeks, sometimes two to six weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, it shouldn't take that long for an organization to get their money that they fundraise. Yeah. You know, that's that's a big thing that we also, um, you know, we keep our chest up high and our head up high is that we can give you the money that you fundraised. We can even cut it in the middle of a fundraiser. Let's say you fundraise $10,000 within the first three days. We'll cut you a check for $6,000 right then and there Mm. because you fundraised that money. Yeah. So there it is. The fundraiser is not over, but here's... Here's half of your money already. You know, if this if you need to go get gear for your kids, if you need to go get basketball shoes, you name it, here's a check. Yeah. And then we'll cut you the rest as soon as the fundraiser is over. Interesting. Yeah. Do you see any um variance in the types of fundraising activities between between sports? When you say variance, what do you mean? Like so like type of fundraising that you do, like compared to baseball, football, hockey, soccer. Yeah, so it's funny. So wrestling, like yeah. what's the first thing that comes up when you think of wrestling? gross mats (laughs) right so sweaty sweaty kids and (laughs) and and, you know you're cutting weight so cutting weight i would never run like a a cookie or popcorn uh, fundraiser with my wrestling kids because odds are the parents are going to support they're going to buy it the last thing i need my kids to do is gain weight oh coach i saw i saw those cookies and popcorn i just needed to eat it yeah you know so Typically with like wrestling, you'll see more donations or like we have a healthy beef jerky option for fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, for football, you mo- you more see the gold cards. I don't know if you've ever seen them where like they're a discount card. Okay. Um, you know, you go to different merchants. So think about, <clears throat> let's go to Westerly, mm-hmm. right? So Thirsty Beaver's on there, uh, Grace Burger, a lot of local cafes, like local merchants. And that's what the gold card does. Uh, that's what we mostly do with football organizations because um football teams just love selling them you know you have higher numbers Mm -hmm. uh more people fundraise more kids on the team correct yeah yep um with our baseball teams we we run our discount card so it's like a coupon book think about it you open it up i actually have a couple in my car i can show you after the podcast but you open it up and it has a whole bunch of different local merchants and it's a two-time discount use so it's not unlimited like our gold cards it's only a two-time use so like some of the uh discounts on the card are, are awesome you know it's like you go to a tea place or you go to like mcdonald's and you get buy one get one like and you get to use it twice mm-hmm. you know it's awesome or you go to launch and work and you get ten dollars off of an hour worth of jumping 
it's basically the book pays for itself. It's $25, $30 for the card or for the book. And there's over $400 worth of value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we hold pride in. We just hold pride in our, our products being amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, variants, it, it all depends. But most of our fundraisers, I would say winter, big donations, uh, football, um, definitely gold cards, baseball, discount cards. We're working more with tennis um, as of recent. We, we have this awesome digital raffle where uh, we get over $1,000 worth of Amazon gift cards. And people have to um, – they buy tickets to the raffle and they get a entry into the raffle. And they right. can win up to $900 or $1,000 worth of wow. Amazon gift cards. You know, And yeah. it's super simple. Like I said, here's my landing page. You want to buy a ticket? Here, I'll buy 10 tickets for 50 bucks. There you go. Now you mm-hmm. have 50 entries. And or 10 entries and then we email the digital gift card to the email that one and that's as simple as that no hand-to-hand contact you know because covid really messed up fundraising if you think about it couldn't go door to door anymore so what was the next closest thing mm-hmm. yeah wow really interesting stuff uh really great business um i, have, I definitely have some connections that i'm going to give to you after <laughs> we're done yeah no i do appreciate I mean, that being in baseball i know a lot of great organizations and 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 people who are coaches for teams so i'm definitely going to connect you to some people because sports are so important yeah and covid really showed that because when kids weren't playing sports they were at home they had more time to do bad things yeah you know what i mean and for a lot of people and a lot of kids sports saves them you know what 1, I mean? One thousand percent. I'll speak for myself on that. I yeah. mean, think about it yourself. I mean, I, I, I hold myself. I think wrestling made me the man I am today. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most grueling, tough things I've ever done in my life. But I think it gave me the toughness to get through, you know, all the hard times I've endured during my life. Yeah. You know, COVID, COVID wasn't easy for anyone. Imagine being locked up in your house for three months, and yep. we, we lived it. Yeah. We don't have to say imagine. We all lived it. We were yeah. locked up in our homes. Yeah. And no one was allowed to go play baseball soccer stuff like that sports i mean thinking back to those times it was like wow i was really just cooped up in my house for months on end and the only time i went out was to walk the dog and walk the dogs maybe go get groceries with nine masks on and my hood up and like it it feels like forever ago but at the same time i can remember like it was just yesterday yeah i remember uh so if i weren't if it weren't for covid first of all we wouldn't be sitting here today covid really just destroyed my college yep. career because it was my first, my second semester of college is when oh, COVID yeah, hit, you know? tough. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and have a sob story for me because I'm sitting here and I'm, I feel like I'm in a great situation in my life and I love what I do. I don't dread getting up in the morning and now yeah. I'm not in college anymore. You know, if, if COVID never happened, I would probably be in my senior year of college for engineering, yep. interning somewhere and not really knowing every, any different. You know, yeah, one thousand percent. But it's so weird. Like I remember going to URI during COVID and walking my dog just because there's so much space. Yeah, and there was nobody. Yep, there, and it was there was like the first time ever I'd ever because I mean I grew up ten minutes from URI. Yep, you know what I mean. So we would always go there for lunch or whatever. We'd been on campus my whole life, and um. Going there and seeing it like a ghost town was freaky. Like, yeah, no, just I... walking my dog, and I'm just like, I'm like one of the only people on campus right now, and it's and it was just weird. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like going back to sports is like, you know, it it was such an important thing for me. Baseball, right? I'm pretty, I'm I'm a, I'm pretty thick headed when it comes to baseball. I think it's the greatest sport ever. <laughs> I feel like people that have listened uh, for a while are getting tired of me saying that. Um, but <laughs> go Yankees! <laughs> oh God! All right, um, no, not this podcast is over. Uh, not not thanking you for coming on. Get out of my office. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> go Red Sox. They're gonna suck this year because, uh, yeah, just that whole is sad. Oh my gosh, we don't want. I, all right, so let me finish what I was saying to begin with. <laughs> Baseball, like I've talked about this in the past. You know, three times out of ten you fail. Definitely prepares you for life because you're gonna fail more than you succeed. Correct. But you, your successes are gonna be much more higher, and you're gonna be a lot pr- more proud of your successes more than your failures. Yeah. And that's what's gonna push you to keep 
moving on. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, so, again, when baseball, the new pitch clock absolutely drives me crazy. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, it's the only sport that doesn't – it's timeless, literally yeah. and figuratively. It's been around for 200 years, and – it has no time. It's not like football. It's not like hockey. It's not like soccer where there's a clock always ticking. It could go on theoretically forever, and some of the games have. Like the longest yeah. game in baseball history was actually in Pawtucket, yep. and it was a AAA game, and it was 33 innings. Jeez. It went over like two days, <laughs> which is crazy. That's Absolutely pretty nuts. crazy. Yeah. Um, but like – now, the first time they introduced the pitch clock, Red Sox were playing the Braves on Saturday, and the game ended on a pitching clock technicality because the batter wasn't ready in time. Called strike three, end the game. Ugh. Like, a lot of these guys have been playing. Um, they all have been playing baseball their whole lives. Yeah, since T-ball days, probably yes. four or five years old. Yeah, And all of a sudden, there's a clock. Ticking down from 15 seconds. And if you're not ready by the time that clock strikes eight seconds, it's going to give you a strike. And, 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 and think about that. Like, let's say there is a technicality, right? Let's say that happens, but it's in the middle of the game. All right, strike call, reset the clock, reset everything, back from the top. Wouldn't that take longer, yeah. right? Then it's just ridiculous. And the commissioner of baseball... I'm really getting political when it comes to baseball here is a moron. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like this rule is just horrible. It's ruining baseball. Yep. And I just feel like, like just it's one of the best things baseball had is that there was no time. Yeah. 1000%. You know, and I, that's what makes it different too. So like different is always, it's, it's good. Yeah. Being different is good. You know, having different, Absolutely. One thousand percent. And it just makes me sad to see the way the game is going. I was already I mean, I don't mind like like players having personalities, right? Like that's a big controversy with old time guys. And I had a guy on Dan Sarmiento on the podcast who's a baseball guy, and I just had on somebody in the Kansas City Royals system, Ben Sears, on the last on two podcasts ago. Cool. Um and yeah, I mean, it's just really sad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. and then for pitchers too. Like, you do not want to be rushed as a pitcher. Yeah, you want to take your time, think about what pitch you're throwing. Exactly. You know, where is it going to go, what the count is, mm-hmm. all these things to consider, 1,000%. Exactly. But, yeah, enough about that. Let's. I want to sort of backtrack a little bit because I, I really want to talk about college. Okay. Right, and your college experience, if that's yeah. okay. Um, we have to get in, like, the parties and stuff like that. Forget about that. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about, you know, when – I mean, college is different for a whole different – you know, types of people for all different types of people. It was different for me because it helped me realize what I didn't want to do. And that was go to college. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it made me realize that I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to do my own thing. I didn't want anybody really telling me what to do, but, but you sort of perfectly balanced the two. You graduated college and now you're your own boss anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you were going into college, obviously you said your goal was to be a teacher. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, did you ever imagine yourself getting into something like this? Never in my wildest dreams. Yeah. Not like there was, it was literally, I remember my senior year, I was like, all right, this is all or nothing. Like I'm going to be a teacher. And mm-hmm. mind you, this is coming from a kid who I was a good student. I would say at average, it was probably like yep. a 3.1, 3.2 yeah. GPA. Um, yeah. you know, I wasn't the best student. I didn't want to go to school, but I was like, oh, there's no other option. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's just 18 year old me thinking now I'm thinking, oh, you Which know, is I, sad I, because yeah. there are other options. Oh, 1000%. You know I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's what I noticed along the way. And I, as a wrestling coach, I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, listen, school's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Even, even me when I was in college, I thought about, oh, this is, this is not worth it. Having 8 AMs, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays and teachers not really caring or mm-hmm. professors, should I say, um, <clears throat> them, them just being there for a check or I don't know. Like college was nice. It was fun. Is very enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. Would I do it again? I think I would do it for the experience. I don't think I would do it for the education. You know, interesting. So uh, if you could go back five years and or six years now, and not go to college, would you? Knowing what I know now, I would still go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. again, it was just yeah, be just for, for the experience. experience. I think so, I had a I had a great time at college. Yeah. Like 
I was in a fraternity at University of Rhode Island, um, and I met some lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, it was orientation day. Uh, it, was, it was like June 3rd or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went to, uh, I think it was welcome day or orientation. It was one of those days. And I went into my room, and I met a kid f- from Delaware. His name's Jake. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm 18 years old. Jake's 18 years old. And now we're 25, and we're still best friends. <laughs> I met him yeah. on a spur just because he was my roommate orienta- yep. orientation. Yeah. And now he's probably going to be one of my best men at my wedding one day. And, yeah. you know, I met his family. He's met my family. And it's just, you know, that's an experience I'll, I'll cherish forever. Absolutely. Um, was the education worth it? Probably not. But <laughs> meeting Jake in itself was one of the many things yeah. that, that came out of URI. So when I first started the podcast, this was April of 2021. I did the first episode with my one of my business mentors, Kurt Harrington. I met him. He owns a business called Something Fishy. Uh, they build fish tanks. It's, <laughs> as he likes to say, it's like that show ATM that was on Animal Planet. You know yep. that show with the guys in Las Vegas, but yep. better. <laughs> they do better fish tanks. So that's what that's what he says. I love the name Something Fishy. Yeah, that is awesome. It's a great, great uh, company. And I met him. So we had a class in high school that was basically like Shark Tank. Oh, and cool. they had a bunch of local business owners come in and mentor the groups. They, we created our own businesses throughout the year. Really, really amazing That class. sounds awesome, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think i got to get my old teacher on the podcast to talk about that class. Because I go. refer back to it a lot. But my point that I'm getting to is on the first episode with Kurt, he talked about how for him the biggest thing he got out of college was the connections. Yeah. He went to college for the connections and not for the education. The you know, the experience, not the education. Yeah. And that's something that he realized throughout college. Uh, so what you're thinking is not, you're not alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, which is, you know, great that I'm referring back to that. And if you guys haven't listened to that, you guys should definitely go listen to that first episode because then you can hear how much I have changed <laughs> as a podcast host because I really didn't even know how to intro the podcast. It's really awkward <laughs> and it's painful hey, for me to listen growing to. Growing pains, right? Yeah. We all go through them. But this is, this will be the 57th episode. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, well thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you for uh, having me on. Awesome. Yeah. It's been an absolutely amazing conversation. I got to reminisce a little, so that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone listening out there, if you're thinking about going to college or you yeah. know it's up in the air, it doesn't matter if you go to school or not. Just make sure you have a goal. Yeah, make sure you have a plan. Um, you know, I tell my kids this all the time. School's not for everyone. It yep. definitely wasn't for me specifically, but you know, just have a goal out there. Whether <laughs> that book is slowly <laughs> falling, slowly but surely. Yes, but yeah, just have a plan. You know, and remember a plan with or is it a goal? A goal without a plan is just a dream, right? That's something. Yeah. That's something awesome that I heard. So <laughs> make sure you take that with you. So that that sort of perfectly rolls into my final question, and hopefully you didn't spoil the the. There we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. that was dramatic. Yes, that was very dramatic. Uh, that was a profit first book uh, that I'm reading. Very good book. But um, yeah. So um. That sort of ties into the final question that I ask everybody, and I'm sure you listened to this when I asked Justin this question, if you got through the whole podcast. Um, But uh, if you were to leave one piece of advice to the listener, what would that piece of advice be? If you have a dream, go get it. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, again, when I was trying to figure out whether I want to sub or work for Sean and and add adrenaline, it spoke to a whole bunch of people and they're like, you know, at the end of the day, like I can give you my best advice, but if you, if you want to do it, try it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 25 years old and I feel as if I need everything that I need in life right now at 25, but odds are if you're 25, you're still trying to make it mm-hmm. right. And I listen to a whole bunch of different audio books and podcasts. And one of the biggest things that people say is this is our age. This is the age to like try different things. And if you don't like it, it's not the worst thing. You know, then you gave a couple of years, you tried something new. Absolutely. Uh, and if you love it, run with it. You can always go back to college. Yep. You know, like a lot of people growing up, it was college or nothing. And luckily for that class incubator, that opened my eyes a lot. Yep. You know what I mean? And it just, it's a very sad reality that we are in where a lot of teachers in high school make you feel like a failure if you don't go to college. And it's sad. And, yep, uh, 
of course, there are teachers that don't say that. There are yeah. a lot of teachers that say the opposite. It doesn't matter which, you know, it's what you want to do. If you go to college, it, it's it's up to you. You know what I mean? But uh, it's just sad. You know, a lot of kids feel like it's college or nothing. But there's a lot of different avenues to go through, um, you know. But college just sort of helps people mature, I think, is the biggest thing. Oh, well, I, I think I needed college to grow up in a yeah. sense, you know. Yep. Because uh, when you're 18, you don't have all the answers. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, no one does, and I don't expect the 18-year-old to have the answers, but you yeah. know, some people feel as if when you're 18, you should know what you want to do with the rest of your life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Here I am at 18, let me make a decision that <laughs> I'm going to work till I'm 65 and do this because I liked it when I was yeah. 18. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that, that I hear a lot on uh, this Profit First podcast that I've listened to in the past, which is a really... Uh, which is a real estate podcast, and they talk about financial freedom a lot. Yep. It's not necessarily being rich. It's being in a position where you have a source of income where it's like real estate. It's like having your own business where you cannot be there and you're making money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but that makes your life so much easier. You can go do things. 1000%. You know what I mean? You can spend time with people and financial freedom is sort of the goal that I'm trying to get at. You yeah. know what I mean? And if you make your goal money, then that's not good. It, financial freedom is the way you want to look at it, I yeah. think. Yeah, 1,000%. I can, agree, I can agree with you with that, 1,000%. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been an absolutely amazing conversation. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, glad Justin made the connection. Uh, so shout out to Justin Oakley. Yeah, thank you, Justin, and thank yes. you, Max, for having me. I do appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> and for anyone debating out there, um, shoot me a message. Yep. Um, adrenaline's here every step of the way. Um, I love helping people. And again, we've helped so many organizations. We work with 200 plus organizations in the state of Rhode Island mm-hmm. alone. Uh, Sean and my, uh, Sean and I, so please feel free to reach out. I'll love put to help your you contact info in the uh, <clears throat> podcast uh, description. And, uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. And, uh, if you want to support the podcast, so here's a little fundraising thing going on here. <laughs> you can subscribe on Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get episodes weeks in advance before they're, uh, posted on widely available platforms. Uh, so this podcast won't be posted for a few weeks, but it'll be available on Patreon very soon or, you know, a couple of days after it's recorded. So uh, if you want to go support the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe via Patreon. Uh, the link is uh, on the Knowledge is Power Instagram, so make sure to follow Knowledge is Power on Instagram as well. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Catch you.